looking at today's liturgy, I think that we want to help young people encounter the Lord, hear his voice, and follow him. Pope Francis holds young people in a very special place in his heart, as is evidenced by his, upcoming me- his message for the upcoming World Youth Day. A lot of times we think about the big World Youth Days, you know, where people come from all over the world to one place, to Paris, uh, Manila, Rome, Denver. But in the, the off years, the years where there's not the, the great you know, conglomeration of young people in one place, well, then normally the, the Holy Invi- Father invites us to have World Youth Day at the diocesan level, on Palm Sunday, so he prepared a message for this year as well. And there he says, Youth is a time full of hopes and dreams, stirred by the many beautiful things that enrich our lives, the splendor of God's creation, our relationships with friends and loved ones, our encounter with art and culture, science and technology, our efforts to work for peace, justice, and fraternity, and so many other things. We're living at a time, though, when for many people, including the young, hope seems absent. And, you know, I think that if we look at our world, if we look at our society, the situation that we're living, we have to recognize that many young people never get the chance to, live, to come to the faith in a real way. You know, and I think that there's this pervasive myth that exists in our church right now. You know, a lot of times, you know, young people, they're growing up, maybe they're going to Catholic school or going to CCD, and so there's some Catholic education and then we just assume when they go off to college that they're going to go away from the faith and, and leave the faith. And then, well, they'll come back when they're going to get married. But unfortunately, that's a myth. And, and I think it's you know, perpetuated by the fact that you know, maybe for a lot of people, even here in our congregation, maybe that was the experience. But our world is changing. Our society is changing. And, and the, the facts are that nowadays that doesn't happen. Most people leave and never, never come back. We can't bet on an Augustan experience. You know, this famous African bishop and father of the church, you know, he sowed his, his wild oats in his young years and, and came back and converted to the faith, became, you know, was baptized, became a priest, and then a bishop. He tells his story in the Confessions, which is a spiritual classic, something I would recommend to everyone. But that expectation that you know, wand, you know, that you'll wander and then just come back—it's not realistic anymore. Augustine had his praying mother Monica and his encounter with the great Bishop of Milan, Ambrose. But most people today, young people today, if they leave the church, they never come back. And you know, maybe if we had a more Christian society, it might pull them back more slowly. You know, there'd be that expectation. Well, of course, you're going to get married in church. You're going to want to raise your children in the faith. So you're going to come back. But that's not the situation of our society. You know, if anything, you know, we're, we're not living in a Christian society. Sometimes it almost feels like a godless society. And so it's not something that's going to bring young people back. And I don't say this as a criticism or as an accusation, but simply a statement of fact. We live in a world that if we're going to find God, we have to seek him. He's not simply everywhere to find and I think that we're, we want to help young people have an, an authentic encounter with the Lord. As our church, this is our responsibility to give them the opportunity to hear the voice of the Lord. Personally, I'm very inspired by the readings this Sunday, and particularly the first reading with that call of Samuel. We, we should be like Eli, who helped Samuel discover the voice of the Lord. And 
you know, I think something that's interesting is that Eli, he, you know, he was a man of God. He was living close to the temple. And so Samuel had been presented by his parents to grow up in the ways of the Lord. And so Eli was, was raising him, educating him in, in the ways of the Lord. But Eli himself, his own children were far away from God. If you've been coming to daily mass or following the daily readings, you know, a few days ago, his sons were killed in battle. And this was a sign of the fact that they were very far from the Lord. And nevertheless, he dedicated himself to educate and to bring up this other young man in the faith. And so we have that call from God to Samuel. And Samuel comes to Eli, and in her first moment, Eli as well is confused. And you know, he thinks, well, this is just a dream. And then eventually he's able to, to recognize and educate Samuel so that he's able to recognize the voice of the Lord. And then Samuel's the prophet who will anoint both Saul and David as kings of Israel and prepare the way for the Messianic kingdom, for the coming of Christ the Lord. One of my great joys of working at the Newman Center has been to accompany young men and women who hear the call of the Lord. It is not easy or automatic for a young person to follow God's voice or to follow to pursue a priestly or religious vocation. They need help and accompaniment. They need our support. So we're looking for that authentic encounter. And we want to help young people hear the Lord. We want to foster an attitude of readiness, of promptness, as we heard in our psalm today. Sacrifice or offering you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Behold, I come. This speaks of a generosity that is present among our young people, but it needs to be fostered. The Newman Center is one of the greatest outreaches that we possess to welcome, form, and direct these young people. And we want to help them follow Jesus. And here we see the example of John the Baptist in today's gospel. Oh, it's a great, great gospel. Early in the gospel of John, the Baptist sees Jesus. And, you know, it's interesting because John the Baptist and Jesus, they were cousins. And so at least during some of their, their formative years, they grew up together. And so John's looking at Jesus and, you know, but John, John had this self-awareness that he was a prophet, that he was preparing the way of the Lord, that he was preparing the way for the Messiah. And then he's recognizing in Jesus, this is him. You know, he's the one who is the Messiah. And so he's there with two of his own disciples, Andrew and, and John, and he says, go to him. You know, and, and I think that that's something that as well is very admirable in John the Baptist, rather than being competitive, rather than just, you know, he wants to have his disciples close to him, grow his own followers. When he sees, here's the Messiah, and when he hears a stirring in his own soul that these two young men are called to follow Jesus, he tells them, go. And Jesus is ready for a life-changing encounter with this adventurous pair. And, and at least for me, it's always been kind of funny looking at this gospel and they come to this great rabbi, the Messiah, and what is their question? Rabbi, where are you staying? It's always seemed like a curious question. And I've always thought, you know, I've met a lot of people over the course of our life. My first question is not normally where are you staying? But what this actually means is that um, the rabbi would normally give teaching, you know, in some public place, maybe in the synagogue or in the temple if you're in Jerusalem. But then afterwards, he would go back to his own residence with a small group of disciples 
and teach more and, and kind of you know, lay out the word of God even more. And so by them asking him, where are you staying? What they're really doing is asking, can we be your disciples? And it's a question that changes the course of their lives. And because of this question, because of Christ's response and him bringing them along, well, their lives are changed and really the course of the history of the world has changed. Youth is a time of hopes and dreams, as Pope Francis reminds us. But let's not kid ourselves. For many young people, there's little hope and no dreams. We live in a world in which many young people are dejected, tired, and lost. We need to foster a culture of encounter so that they can discover Christ, follow him, and make him the cornerstone of their lives. They need to encounter themselves, others, and ultimately Christ. And I think we can begin to close with the words from Pope Benedict at his own inaugural Mass. Today, with great strength and great conviction, on the basis of long personal experience of life, I say to you, dear young people, do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away, and he gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open, open wide the doors to Christ, and you will find true life. And so, for all of us this morning, I want us to do three things. First, send. Do you know young people who, you know, college-age young adults that you can invite to the Newman Center? This is an opportunity for them to have an encounter with Christ, an experience of the faith, and build the foundation for the rest of their lives. Every week in our bulletin, the upcoming events are listed, so there's always something that you can invite young people to. Second, pray. You know, and I would invite each one of you, you know, let's make the commitment every week, one half hour, praying for young people. Pray for your children, pray for your grandchildren, pray for other young adults that you know, pray for young adults that you don't know, because they need the support of our prayer. And then third, watch. After the end of Mass, we're going to have an announcements um, for the virtual fundraiser for the Newman Seminar, which is coming up. And we'll have young people as well that are helping us uh, register for that. But I would really invite you to, to get to know what's going on. This is what a great outreach on behalf of the parish so that you know, college-age young adults, other young adults in the area, they can really have that experience of Christ, that encounter with the Lord, commit to Him, and become disciples for the rest of their lives. And that's something that we all wish for ourselves as well. So let's repeat in the words of the psalmist, Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will.